Hello, it is February 10th, 2022, and you're listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey, Scott, how are you doing, man? It's been like two months since we've talked, since we've spoken. I need to hear from you. How are you doing? Welcome to the podcast, guys. By the way, I'm here with Scott Shedig. Uh, you know, it's been a while. We have a lot to talk about. So, Scott, how are you doing? The wound is fresh. Two months or not. It's, <laughs> yes, it's rough, man. It's, it's been, I don't care what it, how long it's been. It's still my most recent... Uh, fantasy wound so you know I've just honestly, to, to I, iterate is it, it, huck beat me in the fantasy playoffs and it went on to win the championship so congratulations sir yes um, i tried not to like dig into it i i tried yeah, not to like no, text you about it or whatever a, yeah no 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 i mean it's it's you're right it's all it's it's, a, it's it's champion's way to do what he does so it's uh I mean, it's your and it's your fourth, which is another. This is right. Is that yeah, correct? That is my so that's that's yeah. Congratulations. Um, you know, I, I will forever have my Chris Hogan, my as now my David Mont- Montgomery. Um, and I've talked about I, it a lot. I just so, haven't talked about it with you. I've talked about it a lot with other people. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying I'm talking behind your back about our fans. Oh wow, sounds but, like <laughs> it. That's basically what it sounds like. So what are you saying? Tell me, tell me. I, What's I said, what? Come on, say it to my face. So so <laughs> it's it's mostly like we talked that week multiple times about it's a tough decision for you to make and you said that, you know, having Big Ben go up against Kansas City in that game, if that game does not produce a lot of points, you're going to lose. And I said, well, what about playing Davis Mills? You had Davis Mills on your bench, and you honestly never even considered it. And honestly, I didn't falter for that. I thought not playing Davis Mills is a choice that a lot of people would make. You got Big Ben, who is a fine QB2. He started sputtering near the end of the the season. Um, Obviously looked like a guy that's about to retire, that couldn't move around in the pocket, uh, that didn't have the arm strength. But you're still talking about uh, all these receivers. Uh, you have a pretty good tight end, a hell of a running game in Najee Harris. You're playing a really up-tempo team in the Chiefs with a defense that's kind of susceptible. Big Ben could come and throw up 30 points. You don't know enough about Davis Mills to come out and say he's going to score 20-something or 30-something. Um, I think the real mistake, though, that I really fault you on is playing Melvin Gordon over... Uh, David Montgomery in a rain game or is it like a rain slash snow game in Seattle where the bears went up to Seattle and you know, something fantasy one-on-one it's raining, it's snowing, bad weather. Teams are going to feed the ball to the running back. Um, So what, what went through your mind there? 
I think I think Melvin Gordon got half a point. Just got fucking mansplained about my own goddamn team here. <laughs> so <laughs> two months uh, later. Yeah, thanks. Sorry. Uh, it's a good thing we're over Zoom. You'd you'd be uh, hurting right now. But anyways. Uh, so first of all, David Montgomery had been playing in the most inept fucking offense the Bears had ever shown in the past month I had ever seen until the last second with both of their quarterbacks got fucking COVID and Nick Foles, which is the only person that knows how to run the Bears offense, all of a sudden showed up and they they put up like 30 points and David Montgomery put up 30, like 25 on my bench. So I benched him because I did not realize that got COVID literally like the last second. It was like they were ruled out like like late Saturday night or early Sunday morning, and I just didn't see it. And that was the main reason because every single week before that, I was like, come on, Dave Montgomery, you're amazing. It's like two points, and it's not his fault it's because the offense sucks and the management and head coaches suck. Everything is just terrible. There's <laughs> a ter- awful yeah. organization, but um, – Past that, the trade for I gave you for Mac Jones to for Chris Godwin. Obviously, Chris Godwin tore his ACL two weeks before, which is a pain I wish on nobody, yeah. but basically ended up being zero points for me. So I gave him up and he ended up destroying for you in the playoffs. And obviously, I got zilch from Chris. Mm-hmm. So that didn't help. Melvin Gordon, of like you said, ends up having the rain snow game. Does nothing because uh, Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt the week before, and fucking Drew Locke comes in is the most just trying to you know run the race down to the bottom of the pit to be the worst offense of the Bears before Nick Foles showed up. Yep. So he's turning the ball over left and right. <laughs> Whereas before that, with Teddy Bridgewater, he was scoring very well. And it just took the rest of my team to be terrible. Yeah, I probably should have started uh, Davis Mills, but that was his season high that right. week. So, yeah. And and again, I'm not going to sit here and fault you. There's a lot of people that would have made the mistakes that you made. Um, you know, you had a really good season. We were both big underdogs going into the playoffs. Um, we were probably two of the teams that people would bet against the most. Um, but you know, we came out, we battled each other and, and the winner of whoever we, between me and you, uh, would have won the championship and, and it, it just so happened to be me. So, um, it's a, congratulations. thank you. I appreciate it. Um, we're not going to sit here this whole show and talk about <laughs> me winning the championship. It's been a while and, um, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's, let's jump in. Let's get into some nostalgic news, okay? Some that really tugs at my heartstrings, some retirements, some big retirements. Tom Brady, and not to be overshadowed, Big Ben. Um, do you have any thoughts on these retirements? Are you surprised by either of them? Uh, is there something that you – what's the first thing that came to your mind when, when both these guys said they were going to call it quits? I mean, it's kind of an end of an era. It's end of an era. You know, it's, uh, I feel like this is, these are the quarterbacks we grew up watching when we really got into football, you know, going in our high school years and stuff and getting into first starting the league and playing fantasy football. And it's really just, 
it's it's sad it's sad to see him go but it's 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 better to walk away than to be you know knocked out or you know be you know benched or something so it's it's definitely better to walk away on your own terms and they both did it in good ways you know uh brady won a super bowl last year and then this year was leading in touchdowns and passing yards i think in single season so it's still amazing at his age and big ben you know just never having a losing season ever basically <laughs> that's yeah that's uh or with i think he had one i think he had one actually i think it was with tomlin he didn't have losing season but still i mean amazing amazing 18 year career so both of them it's like i said it's better to walk away in your own terms so uh congratulate both of them for sure respect yeah yeah when i saw big ben retire i mean that was one thing where i was like <sighs> i mean this is his time his time has come. Uh, I, I feel like you would agree with me in the fact that the Steelers would be better with a different uh, guy calling the plays there. Uh, you have to realize, though, too, uh, KJ Green, the rookie center, was the most inept. What's a different word for a piece of shit? Uh, whatever it is, thesaurus that one up while I keep going. Yeah. Uh, but he, to the amount of guys that just walked through the middle of the line was the most embarrassing uh, display of uh, offensive line play that I've ever seen. So I don't care who was behind the center there. They they were getting sacked. It was almost like he was getting paid to be that bad. I really was confused on what was going on. So, um, oh, to watch that was pretty painful. And I think that for Ben was just like, well, if this is what I'm – fuck this, man. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they'll benefit from someone being a lot better at center and then someone else being in the quarterback position because it is time for a new generation. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think – Dung, feces, stool, manure, uh, excretion. Mm. Uh, those are. I like manure. You know, manure. Yeah, manure is not actually that bad of a word. You know, you got the ma, which is good. Yeah. You know, ma's good. Manure, and mm. you know, which is also good. So you know, manure is really not bad. Right. And it, so yeah, I mean, the O line didn't really give him a lot of time, but it, it, Big Ben couldn't make anything out of it. He's just not. He was never really a mobile guy. Uh, but it's that decision-making where you can get rid of it and get the ball down the field uh, in time and take a hit. I mean, I remember Big Ben used to be able to take a hit in the pocket, stay upright. I mean, take a helmet to the hip or take a helmet to the chest, stay upright, uh, have the the tackler be hanging around his legs and be able to toss one 20 or 30 yards to a tight end or receiver downfield. And that's just not the Big Ben that we saw this last year. And it's so funny because I see – a lot like uh, uh, during the year, I thought a lot about Peyton Manning and how Peyton Manning was like, and Brett Favre, like invincible. Remember with Brett Favre with the Vikings and Peyton Manning with, with uh, the Broncos um, big Ben last year, or the year before this 10 and 0, you guys were 10 and 0 undefeated last undefeated team in the NFL kind of on top of the world where it's like big Ben's a really good quarterback. This team has a chance to go and win the Super Bowl. Then kind of died off, fell apart after that. Um, but same thing with with the Broncos. Broncos were on top of the world. I mean, he Peyton Manning was setting records. Like less than a year later, a year later, Peyton Manning couldn't throw a ten yard pass. Like terrible throwing in the ground. You know, just going down when people were two feet, three feet close to him because that was Peyton Manning style. Brett Favre got to the point where 
every time he got hit or pushed or whatever, it looked like he needed to go to the hospital uh, with his chest, you know, breaking, whatever. And so, you know, this big Ben had gotten to a point where he was definitely. uh, Yeah. No, I definitely understand. Right. He's, he's, he was getting there. Yeah. But, but yeah, and it, it makes me sad to think about because obviously this is somebody that we grew up watching. I mean, me and you have a lot of memories with big Ben just gambling on yeah. The, or what, we watched a lot of classic playoff games together. We watched we the Indianapolis Colts game at yeah. the Wings and More. That was a big one when they I, missed the when when Ben or I mean when Bettis fumbled the ball and uh, and Ben made the tackle and then they they missed the field goal. You came I to my house the for the yeah. You, uh, oh, I didn't forgot about that. I just I remember us watching bet. it together. Uh, you came over to what? Which Super Bowl did you come over for? That was was the it the Seahawks? That was the Seahawks. The Seahawks, yeah. You came over for the Super. Then you came over Super Bowl after that. Yeah, that was and a good one. Everybody yeah. at your house was rooting for the Steelers, except for of me. Of course. And yeah. I was like, "Go Hasselback!" And I could <laughs> feel the eyes upon me. Um, <laughs> but it, I bet, yeah, there, yeah, you know, um, there are a lot of my parents' Hispanic friends there, and they will not shy to give you an evil eye for sure. Yeah, if you're rooting for the wrong team, like, uh, I mean, you're lucky it wasn't like you know a Mexico versus U.S. game, so. right? <laughs> and and you know, I I did that a lot. It was all in good fun, but you know, I oh, of course, yeah, no, you got to root for who you're going to root for. It's yeah. that's what sports are all about, and that's what sport is literally about being a good sport. And so I truly believe in, you know. If you're gonna root for your team, and you know, root for who you want to root for. Yeah, I, I, I don't think your dad feels the same way. That one time we went to a Steelers bar, and I was rooting for Derek Anderson against the Steelers. Uh, well, that's a division game, you know. That's 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 a whole another. And thing, we're in a Steelers so. bar, and if you, yeah, out, we're at a yes. Steelers bar, and, and everybody, yeah, you can get. Oh, I mean, hey, you know, ball, you know, uh, bully to you. You know, so yeah. for it, having the balls to do it. So this fucking guy rooting for a Braylon mm. Edwards first down, first down, like, and then I could, I could feel the eyes stabbing me in the throat. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, You're lucky nothing got thrown, but it's fine. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, Tom Brady, uh, I gasped out loud when I got that notification on my phone uh, about the Brady thing mainly because I would think that almost every team in the NFL would take Tom Brady as their quarterback next year. And, and he said, don't rule out a comeback. And like, you know, maybe he's just taking a year off and reassessing, but you know, because I'm, a year off can do the body well, but there's not that much time left. For, I mean, come on. If he takes another year or two, so I think I want to say Brett Favre retired when he was like 41, 40. Now, again, people don't take care of their body like Tom Brady. Tom Brady is yeah. a freak when it comes to that sort of stuff. But he's 44. If he takes a year off, he's 45, comes back when he's 46. That's unheard of. That's But he ridiculous. just led the league in touchdowns and re- receiving yards. I know. I just don't know if a year off. At so there's age, no decline. There's no decline. You have to realize what it is, is a, lo- a year off from getting hit. Yeah. yeah. No. I, and I get that. What you know, I'm, what I'm thinking a, a year in the back to tank would do you well. Year in the back to tank. I like that. Um, but what I'm thinking is that if he doesn't 
decide to come back before this next off season is over, then it's just, it's done because by that time he'll be 45 years old and these teams will have moved on or made plans to move on. Not saying that a great quarterback is never welcomed back into the league somewhere, but I just think that these people are probably going to move on. He's probably going to move on and, you know, rightfully so. So, um, would, do I want him to come back? Absolutely. I'd love for, for him to come back. I'd love to see him. I, a part of me is selfish, just being like, I don't get to watch Tom Brady anymore. Um, it is very, I'm dating myself, but this was the first, his first Super Bowl there against the Rams was the first thing I ever TiVoed. And anybody who's younger than 30 that's listening, uh, TiVo was the first DVR. So it was the first time in history, really, I, I can't think of it, correct me if I'm wrong, that you could pause, rewind, fast forward, live TV, obviously not fast forward, but rewind, pause, record on the TV, not on a tape, not on a VCR, uh, a, a program. And I think I watched that Super Bowl like 10 times just because of the fact that it was DVR and TiVo'd. And I was like, wow, I can watch live TV. This is great. I watched over and over. Uh, and little did I know that, that Tom Brady would end up being the best quarterback of all time and, and all that. But I, I, I just, I have this, this memory of, of, you know, of watching that, that game. And that was, uh, you know, 21 years ago. So, um, you know, I know I talk about it a lot, the old game NFL street that we all loved. Um, a lot of those players have had children who now are going to be on Madden, uh, you know, and they played against Tom Brady. Um, it, it, and so there's a lot of nostalgia. I mean, he first entered the league when we were 13 years old. And I know math is math. We're talking about 21 years, but we're almost 35 years old now. So it's, uh, it is what it is, but yeah, I'm going to miss Tom Brady. Uh, I'm going to miss him a lot. Oh, that do means... you think there's any chance of Aaron Rodgers retiring? No, I don't think there's any chance for Aaron Rodgers. He, le- he didn't seem to leave with any kind of vigor or uh, fight in his heart. It just, it just, it seemed like he's got other things to do, but we'll see. Oh, wait, I'll let you go. So I, I, I was annoyed by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and I say annoyed. I mean, Exit. No, people are allowed to. I'm not a shut up and dribble guy. People are allowed to express what they, how they feel um, about certain things. But in his case, he was expressing how he felt. He was in interviews expressing how he felt about the pandemic and the control the NFL has over players and all this, you know, banter about that, like right before his playoff game. So I think his head wasn't like right in the right place. And it made me question whether his head's in the right place ever. Like, does he really want to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, exactly. That's why I don't know if he's going to come back. He doesn't seem like he's there, like 100%. I believe he'll come back. Uh, For the Packers, 
I think he has a better chance to come back. I think it's less of a conversation whether he'll come back for the Packers than it was last year. There's not this like strong rift of yeah. like Aaron Rodgers hates the Packers. They lost. It sucked. But well, I don't think they can blame that on missing a receiver, getting Aaron Rodgers help. I think he had plenty of help. So I don't know. Um, we'll have to see. But but uh, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers is is not. It's it, he's not on my mind for next year. Really, honestly, he's, he, I push him to the the back of of all the, the the things I'm thinking about. I mean, you know, the next thing on our docket here is the QB vacancies. I mean, let's count the QB vacancies. Denver. Okay. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you got, well, there's a shuffle there at least. Yeah. Well, you're going to, there's gonna, yeah. probably going to be a new yeah. starting quarterback there for Denver. Yeah. the lions. Maybe, maybe. No, I like golf. I think golf's good. And they and, had a strong finish. Okay. Steelers. No, they have their guy. Commanders. Steelers, Commanders. Uh, possibly Steelers Vikings. are all Rudolph. Okay. Possibly Vikings. Possibly Texans. Is, possibly Dolphins. Is Kirk, is Kirk done in his, uh, on his contract? Uh, no, but the, there's been rumblings of new head coach, new regime. Mm. Uh, mm. They've, kind okay. of, they've okay. fallen short, mm. you know, some of these past years. Mm. They've got the talent in Thielen and Jefferson uh, and Cook all around there. You know, you insert somebody like Jimmy G. I don't, I don't know. Is Kirk Cousins better than Jimmy G? Is Kirk Cousins better than anybody? Is Kirk Cousins a product of his environment? I don't know. But anyway, uh, well, let's see. Steelers, Dolphins, uh, Broncos, maybe Lions, Commanders, uh, the Panthers for sure. I think have to have to move on and go somewhere else. There's openings. Okay. I mean, you think the Colts are going to stick another year with Wentz? Exactly. A Colts could be there. Could, I would not be surprised in the least if the Colts come out and say, you know, we're done with, with, uh, with Carson Wentz. So there's a lot of shuffling that could be had, which is exciting. And what's even more exciting is that with this shuffle, there's not a lot of talent coming out of the draft and that's opinionated right there's it's it's less than there has been in the past you got to understand there's top there's four quarterbacks taken in the first 10 picks of this year's draft that doesn't include mac jones all right so there was five rookie quarterbacks taken really early on in this draft if we're comparing this year to any other year obviously we're you know, this year, this upcoming year is going to be a uh, lack of a lot of talent, but it makes it more exciting in the fact that we're going to see some familiar faces on these different teams. Do you have any like perfect fits for some of these teams with quarterbacks who are maybe looking for a new job? I mean, as far as quarterbacks that are out on the market, like, know, like, for what, like stick to what you know. Realistically, who would you like to see be the Steelers quarterback? Realistic. That's realistically, I think I think it's a down year. Realistically, I think it's a okay, Mason Rudolph, let's see what you have. And it's a bunch of garbage. And uh then you come out and have a really good draft pick the next year. And get a quarterback that's right now nineteen or twenty years old. <laughs> 
Yeah, basically see who's good after this year and have a have a good top, you know, six top ten pick. And I would basically. be apt to I'd be apt to agree with you there. However, I think that there's too much talent on that team, defensively and offensively, that they can just say, "Fuck it, fuck this year." I don't, I don't really care. It's not a fuck this year. It's you know, Rudolph's real cocky. You know, let him see what happens. <laughs> it's terrible. But, I mean, you know, if there's quarterbacks yeah. there, if there's quarterbacks that are available, I just they won't be available unless they trade up, and they won't trade up, and because somebody else will, even though you say like there's because there's not many quarterbacks available, someone's going to freak out and be like, oh, we got to trade up, get them. And they're going to trade up and take like Kenny Pickett in the first, in like the top five picks. And everybody's going to be like, wow. And be like, all right. And they'll be like, this is going to be the year. And they'll be like, well, this is the next terrible New York quarterback. And this is like, <laughs> yeah. Damn. It's just one of those things. So it's like, like they they would have to trade up to have a quarterback, and they're and like, it, like I agree. If it, if he's there, they'll, they'll take him. Yeah, but he won't be. He won't. Okay. How about uh, Deshaun Watson? I could see him in Philly, but you know, I mean, do you think Philly is going to stick with uh, with Hertz? Uh, I. I could see him in Miami because That'd Texas be and Miami too. I would. I could see him in Miami. Miami before that, but it's just so weird. And again, I'm not like 100 percent plugged in on what Deshaun Watson does ever uh, in the past couple of years. <laughs> no, so no. I have no idea what's going on. But I always thought that he had this affinity for Miami. He wanted to move to Miami. He wanted to play for Miami. He thought they had the talent. He loved the coach, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And they fire the coach. Which makes me think that the coach didn't want Deshaun Watson and they want to make a move for Deshaun Watson or they didn't know the uh, direction of where they wanted to go with that. And so I could see Deshaun Watson playing in Miami next year. I really could. Uh, I could see him playing for the Panthers. I think those are the top two, Panthers and Miami. Somewhere over there on the East Coast is where he goes. And um, it would be cool. I've looked at some mock drafts of the Texans, and the return on that would be pretty intense. Uh, in this certain mock draft, they had us giving up our starting left tackle that we paid like three first round picks for. Um, and Deshaun Watson for like two other first round picks and uh, for this year and, and two or three for the future. Um, yeah, Jimmy G is another one. Where do you think Jimmy G fits best? Jimmy G is actually one I thought might be a chance to land to the Steelers. He yeah. was, you know, a little bit, you know, it, other than and then his injuries, he plays really well. And then it's like, then you do ha- would have a uh, Mason Rudolph or even uh, somebody else. I can't remember the other guy's name, Dwayne Haskins behind to possibly, you know, come in for a game or two for his injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just depend, depends on what he'll, he'll be demanding on the open market. Cause the Titans could be looking, the Colts could be looking the, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of teams that, you know, great. I don't know. I don't really don't think green Bay is like, they'll be re rebuilding. And so Jordan Love's still cheap. So, I don't know. We'll see how Jordan Love plays out. 
But it's just a lot. Of, there's a lot of question marks out there. I, de- I definitely agree. There's a big quarterback carousel right now. And so I think the leading up into the offseason is going to be very interesting this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm yeah. like totally looking forward to uh, to the offseason this year. It's one of the most exciting that I've seen in a while. Uh, how about the coach carousel? So we've seen some coaches be hired and there's this thing that we have to talk about. It's kind of the elephant in the room for everybody. Uh, Roger Goodell brought it up and his uh, addressed the fans of the NFL earlier this week. Um, minority coaches aren't getting hired. Um, and, and for a while there, I, th- I thought personally in the last three or four years that it was just coincidence i guess or you know they're trying to give the the best qualified person the job um lately as things have progressed and you start seeing some of these coaches get fired and replaced with like low quality 30 something year old offensive defense coordinators uh it makes me start to wonder whether or not, uh, you know, this is a background discriminatory thing rather than just a coincidence kind of thing. Okay. Um, there is the Tomlin rule. You know about the Tomlin rule. Rooney rule. Well, there's the Rooney rule where you have to interview um, different candidates yeah, from. At least, at least one minority. Right, at least one minor- minority. Candidate. Yes, but the, there's the Tomlin rule, which, and correct me if I'm wrong, you, you might not know, um, but it is uh, that they need to, and and maybe it, 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 this might not be something that's true, but I've heard that if you hold on to a minority coach on your team, on your uh, payroll for mm. four years and then yeah. you uh, you trade him away or he signs with somebody else uh, you get uh, some draft pick compensation yeah and there's also more compensation if you uh, if they become a head coach as well. exactly exactly yeah, so no, it, I remember this now yeah and so it, it's one of those things where it's like that rule doesn't really make sense to me but we're still enacting it well, it's it's to you know add incentive to you know hire and promote more uh, minority coaches. That's all. I get it, but but in that it's case, it's not happening. <laughs> well, it's not happening, right? Because there's no incentive for somebody to hire. There's only there's only incentive for people to get them as assistant coaches. There's no incentive to hire somebody. You don't want somebody else to get draft picks. Uh, yeah. It's it's better to keep them as. I mean, I would. And this is wrong to say, but I mean, this is strategic. I would hire all minority assistant coaches and just farm them. And then just if they become head coaches, I get some draft picks. I, I mean, that's just a, a weird way of, of, you know, playing, playing the rules there. But in, in any, uh, in any stance, why why do you think the NFL why is why are these minority coaches not getting hired why is this such a big deal now why is uh you know coach flores 
taking this to a new extreme? Do you think this is something that uh, should be brought up? There are a multitude of reasons. And honestly, at the end of day, there are no way to be 100% certain on which reason it is. Because while it could be direct racism from the top, it could also be not that. It could just be a matter of, like you said, the best candidates for the job being hired. It could be, it could be a mix of the two of them, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, it's, it, it's really, and you know, in a lot of these hirings as well, it's not really one person signing off on it as well. It's more, you know, it's more, it's a board or it's, you know, it's a GM and someone else and someone else signing off on it. So it's, you know, you, you can't point one finger at what it is. I'd you say after, in my personal opinion, I think that there is a blackballing culture in the NFL. You've seen it with Kaepernick. They said he's never going to play again. He's never played again. He's not going to play again. Uh, I believe Flores, if I had to put money down. But you, yeah. If yeah, I had to put money okay. down, I would say uh, Flores is never going to coach again in the NFL. Get a college job. But he's never going to coach in the, in the NFL again uh, just because nobody wants to take a, a risk on that he's a great would, coach if you if you sued your boss do you think they'd hire, still keep you on no no absolutely well point. then but that's well, this year that's this what? year that's this year i'm just saying i'm just saying like if if i gave you a stage and you said some stuff i didn't want you to say because that's not what you're on the stage to do guess what i'm going to take you off the stage it's a business at the end of the day. And so it's like, well, like he wanted to say what he wanted to say. Guess what? It's not his mic to say you're not up there. For, it's not free speech hour. So it's, it's just, a, it's little things. And now they're tolerating some of those things, but at the end of the day, it's their business. So if you want to spit in their face and bite the hand of the, that fed you, guess what? That hand's going to backhand you and spit you and kick you off to the fucking street and good luck. You know, hopefully Nike picks you up for no fucking reason at all, but you know, whatever. So it's just one of those things, you know, it's about being grateful. So it's, you know, if you came from nowhere and all of a sudden you're making millions of dollars and now you're like, oh, well, fuck you. Then yeah, sometimes it's going to suck for you. And, but at the end of the day, that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know about the timing of the lawsuit. Um, he has obviously seen what's happened to Kaepernick and seen that there's definitely a black ball culture uh, in the NFL. So yeah, the guy the Giants hired looked like a fucking dweeb. Was was he not the best candidate for? No, he definitely does position? not look like he does not look like a good candidate at all. But I mean, Flores? we'll have nothing, well, we'll find out. No, oh, Flores does. I'm talking about the guy that Giants actually hired. Oh, yeah, other. dabble. Yeah, Dabble, that guy looks like an idiot. So I get why Belichick was like, they hired you, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, well, I mean, um, but, but Flores would have been hired if not probably, for this whole thing, right? He probably would have been he was supposed to. Well, but now they hired Lovey Smith. So what's the deal with that? So how is, were you supposed to ignore that? Is that like. No, no, no. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying. So like there's a, there's a minority head coach there. So what's the deal? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I uh, shouldn't we celebrate that? You kind of like overpass it and just be like, they're all racist. Yeah, ignore no, that. No, no, coach not... there. So it's like, but I'm just saying, like, I know that there are more white head coaches, yes, but it's also you have to realize this isn't like like they get paid a lot of money, but like you're they're working like really long hours. Like this isn't you like never see your family during the regular season, things like that. And there's yeah. a lot of pressure. And like if your team sucks, guess what? You're gonna get fired. You know, everybody's saying it on the news and shit. So it's like it, it's it, it's it's a different type of lifestyle too. So yeah. I'm just saying. Right. And and I'm I think what Flores is doing is honorable. I think that anytime you stand up for something you believe in at the expense of your career is great. I just think the timing of it uh, was. I agree. It was bad because like Kaepernick was not. I don't think the timing is bad. There's never good timing for it. It just sucks. And it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, sue your boss and you're not going to be working for your boss anymore. And hopefully you win the lawsuit and get some money out of it. But yeah, it sucks. But uh, life's not fucking fair at the end of the day. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to like ruin the bedtime story for everybody listening, but life's not fucking fair. And yeah, you you should, you know, speak up when you're not being treated fairly. But at the end of the day, that's that's going to be every fucking day. Yeah, I just think that when Kaepernick was doing his whole thing, where he took a knee and everything, Kaepernick was not a good quarterback at that. I mean, he was on a downswing of what he had once what what he had once been. So, I mean, he was NFC Championship playing against Aaron Rodgers, 49ers are great, all this sort of stuff. Uh, Kaepernick's a young guy, pretty high up on on the pedestal there. Uh, then he fell off, had some bad years, had a bad statistical year, and uh, just kind of. Then he took a knee. So then it's like, all right, well, he's not going to play, and all these coaches can say, but he, he sucks. Obviously, we saw him; his stats were dwindling over the past few years. Flores came off a year where they won like eight straight games with Tua and a, a team that just wasn't really stacked talent wise on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, he took, a, you know, a couple of these teams and made them really good. Some teams that we thought did not have a ton of talent. So I think again, from a selfish point of view, it sucks that we see a coach that could probably lead another team uh, successfully be kind of shoved to the side and, and probably never coach again. But you know, it is it that is, is what it that is. is a shame. That is a shame because um, th- I think the biggest part of this, uh, at the end of the day, is the fact that there are no black owners. Yes. So at the end of the day, like it's it's that's uncomfortable. You know, white. Yeah, it's a white owner club that gets together basically. Yeah. And so it, it makes you know, sure. you know what I was saying earlier about like we don't know, you know, it's kind of like we do know. So you know, and in and, and they choose who can be an owner as well. So it's like, yes, you know, it's a club that's hard to uh, to crack for sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it is one of those things that should probably be fixed. Um, it's a shame they created such a damn good product, though. <laughs> Not going to happen anytime soon, most likely. All right, let's lighten the mood a little bit. We don't want to uh, make everything too gloomy here. You know, this is our our last football-related podcast 
of uh, this season. So uh, let's let's lighten it up. Let's do a what are you watching? So what are you watching right now in the world of entertainment? The world of entertainment. Um, well, you know, we has a, a large uh, horror book fan. I've been watching the girl and the the woman in the window that wrote the book that wrote the thing that did the other thing. Um, I don't know the whole title, but the, it's it's the one uh, on Netflix. It's actually it's a spoof show, and it's the first time they've done a spoof well in a while. Um, they take it very seriously because it's all about the seriousness and the comedy. Um, you know, you got to take any ser- any situation very serious, um, kind of like a, a well done improv almost. But it's it, it'll hit you uh, in in the heart, but it'll also make you laugh. I think it's been really good. Um, the yeah. other thing I've been watching is Book of Boba Fett, but I don't oh, get, like to get into that. Um, but because I can't talk Star Wars and Star Wars fans because I hate Star Wars fans, they're so negative. Are you talking about me? I'm. I'm I'm a very oh. positive Star Wars fan. Thank you. I appreciate that because I'm all yes. about positivity with Star Wars. You know, it, it, there's you know there's a long drought of no content, and then now there's great content. I just I respect it all, and I love it. You know, right? Yeah. I mean, the the thing is, uh, the people that that hate on stuff, you know, they they hate change, and and I admittedly of somebody who resists change, but we're getting something better than nothing uh and and i really like book of fett and we could talk for hours on book of fett but the finale was last night uh it was awesome loved it uh i will say that uh there were a few moments there where i was like is anything bad gonna happen because nothing bad happened at all you kidding Freaking the boys died. I know. Okay. All right. That is the only thing. That was sad. I know. That was the that was only sad. thing bad that happened. Yeah, but I mean, you know, more than that, like that would have been rough, I feel like. I mean, I guess you could have killed a couple of the writers, you know, the kids or something. No, I would have been all right with that. No, but no I'm other glad. characters got killed off except for all but the, the bad guys. You gotta keep you gotta keep, you know, Crisanto, you know, he's he, Santo's awesome. You gotta keep him and you know, I didn't you, didn't, you don't want too many people to die. I mean, you could have killed off a few other, you know, cobs coming back. You know, it's it's going to be it's it's going to be a good second chapter. It's like how the French look at American films where they're like every American film ends in the hero winning and everybody's happy and like all this sort of stuff. And they hate it because that's not real life. And, they, you know, they want to see stuff that's that's real life and, and representative yeah. of you know whatever. how much money French films make. I, so I get nobody it. Nobody fucking cares. I'm just saying. The whole time I was like waiting. I was like, which big character is going to die? What kind of conflict are we going to leave for the next season? You know, we had the season before. Cad Bane's still alive. He is not. Cad Bane is alive. I don't think so. He's Did beeping. He... he so Cad Bane specifically has two ventilators coming out of his neck to to two double hearts. So that uh, when he used to fight against Jedi's, he couldn't be force choked. Okay, and he'd still be able to breathe. And if and he only stabbed him one heart. The beeping on the on the left side of his chest indicates he's still alive. Fair enough. Did not know that. Um, but again, maybe we'll have a Star Wars podcast coming up. We're gonna we're gonna try to do these weekly, and we could talk about this more in depth. Uh, what am I watching? Uh, 
the Righteous Gemstones on HBO oh, Max. It's good one. It's a it's a great show. It's a wonderful show. Uh, I really enjoy on Sundays having that show to uh, wind down the week to. Um, it's it's funny. It's got action. Uh, John Goodman is amazing in it. Maniac uh, man. Yeah, it's just it's a, it's a great it's a great show. Um, so if you have a chance to go watch that, go watch it now. Let's jump into what most of our listeners want to hear, and what we're going to talk about is the 2022 fantasy season. We're going to do short evaluations of everybody's team. We're going to try our best, right, Scott, to say something good, what somebody did right, and what, something bad, what somebody did wrong, and uh, how, why they ended up in the spot that they are. So we'll go bottom to top. Um, let's do Maestro. What, give me something good and bad about Maestro and, and why you think he ended up where he, where he did. Um, so for my evaluations, I would like people to know that I'm mainly looking at uh, kind of uh, draft to and starting ro- roster, essentially, kind of where you started in your journey to where you ended and my knowledge during th- throughout the season. And for, you know, forgive me if, you know, a multitude of trades that happened uh, are uh, lost in my memory, but there's a lot of teams, a lot of players, and a lot of trades. You got a lot of you guys got a little very trade happy, but mm-hmm. I mean, Maestro. It's really it was it was kind of a you know it was it was, it was a season of a of a thousand sorrows. Really, it, it there was just a lot of injuries and a lot of bad bad happenings that happened. It, it he's he's drafted quarterback running back heavy, which in our league usually doesn't end up voting well for you um and a lot a lot of uh you know when you start off with baker mayfield and justin fields as your quarterbacks that's that's not gonna that's not gonna happen off here but derrick henry and zico elliott i I understand they could have they could have done well he did have a head of a nice uh defense starting off but like i said in our league since it's very quarterback heavy it's hard to uh Hard to really look at that. He ended up doing at least getting Jimmy Garoppolo at the end, which was nice, but um, it wasn't enough. And unfortunately, he did end end at the bottom, but it was a lot of injuries and it really wasn't his fault. Yeah. Okay. Uh, With Michael, I think the the problem was, and I think Michael had like a really good draft strategy. So, Michael, if you're listening, you did a, you had the right idea. Okay, take those two running backs, Derrick Henry, Zeke, uh, you know, have some decent receivers. And you had Baker and Fields, who, when you thought about it, I mean, a lot of times you had Andy Dalton as well. Um, those weren't terrible quarterbacks. We ranked him very high in the preseason draft rankings. And because he had a very balanced team, uh, I think what happened was the quarterbacks that were taken in those spots were like the worst bus that you could possibly take. Yeah. They weren't bad. He didn't draft bad quarterbacks. He took the worst bus out of those two. They and both, they both busted. They both busted. What are you going to do? He had a double busted <laughs> quarterback and, yeah. it, and it wasn't, it was a double busted quarterback and 
he was like, okay, if I trade and give up on this now, if I blow it all up right now, these players are all going to turn around and I'm going to just ruin my team and I'm going to get dead last place. Uh, and so I don't want to give up on it now. I want to, you know, there's a saying, you know, you don't lose money on stocks until you sell those stocks. So as long as you hold on to them, uh, you're not losing money. He held on to Derrick Henry. Did he refuse to trade him? You know, kept it going. Obviously, Derrick Henry goes out for the season around I think week eight or week nine. His at that point, it's like, okay, let's try not to get last. Uh, and then it, by then, it's just it's too late. I mean, he just the, he doesn't have enough draft capital. He didn't have enough defensive capital to go and fix it. Uh, you know, he was kind of stuck in in where he was. So. Uh, I like I said, I think Michael really did a good job of um, of of drafting. I think he did a great job of drafting. I think just seasonal management and uh, the placement he had of not doing trades, doing nothing when it came to losing and saying, "Hey, this ship will turn around by itself." Uh, that's kind of what cost him his season and got him last place. All right, moving on to the next team. We'll go dad. What'd you think of dad there, Shedig? You know, he finished the season strong, really. Like if he could have gotten into the playoffs, he may have made a little bit of noise. Um, Joe Burrow as, as his leading quarterback, um, he had, you know, decent wide receivers. He's just kind of, he, he never had a full setup i feel like i feel like he was always putting up a few zeros on his defense and maybe a wide receiver area but he had some stars he 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 almost come came through this year with uh some of his lsu picks and uh you know you don't look out dad could be a real contender next year but it's just really it just depends because he's got to fill he's got to round it out with the you know full team because he had a decent he had a decent draft i liked his draft i was looking at it you know because he and he had a lot of the guys he kept you know he started off mccaffrey and um you know obviously pan out but you know it's not his fault you know a few other picks but one of these years one of these years you know this wasn't a bad this really wasn't a bad team for him you know, and you know, once we get into the into the higher teams, you know, a lot of, there were a lot of good teams going into the playoffs that just didn't pan out, right? Uh, I think this is like the same old story of Dad. Uh, you got somebody like Joe Burrow, who mm-hmm. obviously we've been talking about forever. Uh, it just feels like he's been the center of attention for a really long time. Joe Burrow's been—he was a great pick, awesome pick for for him. Uh, he just never really followed it up with that second quarterback. Uh, he was he was complacent. He let his team just kind of sit there and rot. Didn't make enough early season uh, transactions or trades. The criticism that we put on him week after week about his defense, about his receivers, about everything, uh, he didn't even react to it. So it's not like he was like, well, I'm sticking to it or I'm going to make a change here. He just didn't do anything. I mean, you just don't do anything when you're complacent, whatever your team's just going to kind of sit there and rot. And that's pretty much what it did. Uh, he didn't make any moves, whether it be good or bad, uh, and, and just kind of ate away at him. 
at, at some I point. I feel like Brad's more of a personal trader, though. You know, you can't really text him. You got to, like, go have a drink with him. Sure, he's true. an old school kind of guy. He, he's yes. the kind of guy that Scotty could make a lot of trades with, you know? Yeah, I mean, most of the trades that Brad's made, I've been with him in person. Uh, yeah. So you're absolutely right there, but uh, I'm just... So you admit the swindling. No, I'm just saying that uh, Brad is the kind of person that doesn't really, and it sucks, but he doesn't really think about fancy football uh, unless it's like put right in front of him or unless you force him to. Uh, and that's just a... Uh, so you admit it's a, it's would you call it a trade rape? Would you say it was against as well? Oh, I didn't make any trades with him this season, so it's not okay. It's it just okay. sounded like you're doing things against people's will. That's all. I'm just tra- I'm just trying to clarify. But please no, go ahead. No, no. Anyway, uh, no, it's I, I, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like if Brad really sat there week after week, and you don't have to do it every day, but you sat sit there week after week, you and do. say. Yeah, I do, but yeah, you know, I have four championships. He has zero. Uh, but you, you, you sit there and you, you know, you get what you put in. So if he comes in and he says, "Hey, how do I make my team better this week? Better than it was last week?" Uh, and you know, you try to just evaluate things. I don't think he does that. I think he comes in and he says, "You know, this is my team," and. We'll just see what happens. And I think that in, in that case, he, uh, he really costs himself. I think Brad had a fine team. I think that that first pick Burrow was amazing. Yeah, I agree. He had a good team. I think, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you got to like, it's not only about making trades, you know, put some feelers out there and then maybe look at the, and, you know, look at the free market, uh, free agency market. But, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta move, I think it is a lot. I I think it trades is a huge part of our league. I I really do. I think that it's one of the biggest things where you you, you Oh, we're beating a dead horse here. True. I I, yes. We can move on. How about uh, let's see, who was who was next up? Was it uh, Eternal Touchdown? Sorry, you got me off. I was trying to look up how No, no, you're good. No, you're good. No, it's unicycle polar bears. Unicycle polar bears. Is it unicycle? Yeah, he's number twelve. Uh, give me some good oh, bad things about about Cameron. You got me all off now. Yeah, I know we're all over the place. Right? Yeah, Cameron actually didn't start off too bad. I mean, I liked Alvin Cook as first pick, you know, and and Stephon Diggs actually had a really good year too. AJ Brown should have been a good pickup after that, but as again, he just. He waited too long on his quarterbacks, and then he both of them busted. He had he d- took Ryan Fitzpatrick, and got hurt like right away for like the whole year. Yeah. Zach Wilson was just terrible, and then he didn't take another one until way late. And that's just that was kind of the end end of the season for him right there. Unfortunately, you know, and that's just one of those things that kind of risk because um, he it really wasn't bad. Like if they would have just been stable. And, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick would have been, could have been really hot this year. I had high hopes for him myself. Um, So it really was nothing, you know, nothing to do there. It's just kind of at the end of the day, you really, every year you're going to have luck. You just need it to be good luck. Yeah. Yeah. um, So when I'm looking at his team, 
Cameron has been in this position many times. I mean, he's gotten, he has three championships. Uh, he's been in the championship, you know, three times. He's been that last pick three times. And I feel like he has the same strategy every time he wins a championship in that I'm going to take who I had last year. I'm going to take my guys. Um, and he did. Yeah, he had Dalvin Cook, Stephon Diggs from last year. I mean, those guys won a championship. Why not roll with them? How are you going to win with like the same team you had last year minus your best players? <laughs> minus your best player. Minus... Deshaun Watson minus some of that. It's just, he still had he had it's a, not feasible. He had a number one running back. He had a number one wide receiver. He he just needed Ryan Fitzpatrick to vomit like he would have if he would have stayed healthy and Zach Wilson to just be down thirty points because he's on the Jets. Right, and I get that. I I, I don't hey, man. I I get that. It's just that the Jets are even worse than you possibly could imagine, even with Zach Wilson because he's used to playing against you know. Division three schools, um, and Ryan Fitzpatrick went down. It's just, yeah. I know. I just, I think that your your draft strategy can't be. I'm going to take the guys. I, like if me, if I came in and I was like, hey, I'm going to take the guys I took that I had on my team this year because they brought me into a championship. Then I'm not going to get, you know, say I took, you know, this year, this net upcoming year, I was like, well, you know, Mac Jones and Ceedee Lamb. They brought me the championship. I'm going to pick Matt Jones and CeeDee Lamb. The rest of my team that I had is not going to be – I'm not going to be able to get them. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get the defense that I had. I'm not going to be able to do that. I can't replicate that. And even if I did replicate it, is it really going to be a championship team again or, you know, am I going to have to do something else? Uh, so, you know, I just think that his draft strategy was a little off. I think he did really well to adjust uh, and because he did get hit with a few injuries. Uh, I, I, you know, getting Heineke and stuff like that. I think he was destined for last place if he couldn't fix that, uh, but he did. And, you know, he ended up in third to last. And uh, we see Cameron's rotation, top of the league, bottom of the league, top of the league, bottom of the league, you know? So uh, we'll see what he can do. Uh, he's probably a good bet to be in the top five next year. So uh, just something to keep an eye on. Uh, how about Clay? This is a sad story, isn't it? I'll let you start. Okay, so eternal touchdown. A lot of people are going to talk about the probably one of the worst trades in the history of the gridiron was when uh, you went overseas to France, got really drunk and traded away the first overall pick uh, after you drafted him, after you were gifted him uh, by luckily getting that, that number one overall pick. You trade him for Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf. And at the time I was like, you know, that's not such bad, such a bad thing. But the little talked about the worst part of that was that I, I believe Debo Samuel was in that pick, was in that trade, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Debo Samuel was one of the best fancy players, the best fancy player uh, coming from the bottom of the draft. And uh, so, yeah, you got absolutely demolished in that trade. Uh, and it honestly really cost you for the rest of the year uh, for a team that we thought was the strongest going in. Uh, I think Max had you at the highest of his little, uh, you know, how he evaluates teams, his highest RBR he's ever given to a team uh, was, was given to your team. And you 
uh, destroyed it. You destroyed it yourself through through trades. Uh, you thought that you could balance out your team, but instead it turned out that you got the worst of every player. You didn't even get a better player in any of that trade. So uh, it's disappointing, and it lands you fourth to last after being projected to get first. <sighs> you know, I, I we're talking about Bram. We're talking about the key to winning a championship is trading, staying on your feet, uh, evaluating your team from week to week. It seems like you did that a little bit too much moving up to the, to the uh, beginning of the season. You tried too hard to create a team that, uh, that probably shouldn't have been created. And, and it, it cost you the playoffs in an embarrassing way. What do you think, Shattuck? You know, when you're in Paris and the wine is running and the cheese is flowing and you meet up in a nice little cafe and you talk about fantasy football and your significant others say, oh, don't talk about that. We're in Paris. It only makes you want to talk about it even more. Mm. And it just felt right. Uh, You know, it was preseason. Nobody anything, nobody knew anything, you know, nobody knew any better. We just had our whims and our wills and uh, we went for it. We had some drinks. We had a lot of drinks. And uh, one thing came to another. Mahomes and Debo for, you know, a nice little hookup pair of Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, who the year before DK looked like, you know, he was going to be about to just Donkey Kong over every defense, you know, yeah. and all Russell had to do is just throw it up. So it, it, it seemed like very fair, you know, and he even said, I remember him saying to me, he's like, Oh man, I don't know if I want to do this. Debo's going to be really good. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, you think whatever, man, DK, did you see him last year? He was crazy. And, no. you know, and then Russell gets hurt. And then if Russell gets hurt, then Debo doesn't have anything. And, you know, and I mean, DK didn't have anything. And then and Debo just, Debo was a crazy beast this year. He, uh, uh, Clay was correct on that. And there was another thing I remember Clay saying. He was trying to trade me for uh, David Montgomery later in the year. And I said, no, I'm going to save him for the playoffs. And he goes, yeah, that's, that's good. You should play him. Playoffs, David. And I was yeah. like, man, I should have, I really should have played him throughout the playoffs. Play, play your stars, guys. Play your stars in the playoffs, no matter what. But uh, yeah, just one of those things. Um, he I cost knew, himself, I, didn't he? He cost himself a. Well, a it, it preseason, it looked good to him. And I'm not going to lie, it did look good because we, you know, you like a nice stack. Everybody likes a stack. But um, it's just, like I said, every year you're going to have luck. Just better hope it's good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Let's get into the next team here. Uh, moving on up. I believe we have uh, Hedeman to talk about. Isn't that right? In the next person on our list here. Uh, I've got uh, I've got Fupa. Ah, the Fupa Slayer. Yes. I thought he barely missed playoffs, but he missed it by a little bit more. Uh, than I thought. So we'll talk about Foopslayer. Go ahead and tell me what you think of Foopslayer. Fupa, I mean, he started off with a really hot roster, honestly. You totally look at his, disagree. Totally disagree. I if think you, he had if one you, of the worst. If you look at his draft roster, Josh Allen, Tyreek Hill, Jonathan Taylor, 
George Kittle didn't come on till later. Like, yeah, that kind of sucks. It was just your tight end. And okay, and Jared Goff was the same thing. He didn't come on till later, but Jared Goff won you a fucking championship. So uh, yeah, I mean he he was part he helped, but he that was, and Amon Saint San Ray, the fucking Detroit Lions won you a championship. So fuck off. Don't <laughs> do not tell me his roster sucks when you picked apart like some of the best parts from it and won a championship from it. So do not get off your fucking high horse yet. But even at his ending roster, Josh Josh Allen. But then yeah, he had terrible second quarterback issues. He had like stars, and that was he's he's kind of like Brad to me. He has stars at every position, but can't fill out a full roster. Yeah, that, that's his biggest issue, biggest issue. And then that's and that's kind of I don't know. That's that's part draft research and also during uh, midseason kind of uh, upkeep, like you were saying before. My uh, criticism of John and the reason I think he ended up where he is, is that he was very stingy on the trade front. Uh, he asked for a lot when it came. Well, to because he only players. had stars. Like I said, everybody's coming for his stars. And so it's like, if he's going to trade one, he's got to get a whole team out of it basically. But he's just, you know, Right, but I know, I know you're like you're talking. You're talking about trying to give me Hill or Allen (laughs) every week. (laughs) Oh no, no, no! I didn't ask for either of those guys until the very end. No, until the very end. I promise you, I did not ask for either of those guys until the very, very end. Uh, But I I feel like we had negotiations for different um, different players early on in the season, and a lot of his thinking was like, you know. If I'm going to give up this guy, then I need somebody better. It's like, no, I'm trying. You're in a position where you are trying to make playoffs. You need to take your stars and split them up to balance your team. You can't give me your stars to try to get my better players. That's it just, it doesn't work like that. The people at the top do not go, hey, my stars have been playing really good. You know, I'm going to go ahead and trade them for, you know, three kind of not not as great players what happened to sell high no i mean great but <laughs> and you could say that you could say hey yeah well let's sell high but um i would never sell high on, on certain players of mine uh if i was killing it you know it, yeah. it's no, very I know, rare I know. he's he no I'm, I'm not gonna tell you that john's not a stingy trader guy's never gonna lose on a trade and i respect that but I mean, you got to go in there knowing that when you're trying to trade with a lawyer, you might get fucked. And he's lost that's, on trade. That, he's traded. He has. He has. But he's that. I mean, he was trying to win on that trade. Sometimes he takes risks, but he's telling you he's trying to win on that trade. Yeah. So like, he's he's someone to trade with for sure. But you know, you gotta you gotta get into those negotiations with. Him, yeah. So. Moving on. Yep. Let's let's do Hedeman. Uh, so Hedeman is probably between him and Brad, uh, one of the most apathetic managers in our league. It just that's just the way it is. He had a great team. I think it he was, did. It was an awesome team. I thought he had an awesome team. Uh, I I just think again he just did not put enough of himself in it to try to make changes on a weekly basis, try to tinker on a weekly basis. Don't just say, Hey, this guy's good. This guy's good. 
like I'm I'm good with with this right here. Like go to somebody and say, like you can trade with Scott, but the only way you could trade with Scott is if you go to him, text him, and say, hey, what do you think of this? But you've got to keep. You've got to also follow up a lot. Yes. I feel like if it if it lingers longer than a week, then it's not going to happen. Right. So it, if you if 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 like nobody texts Scott throughout the whole year, the only time that Scott will text you for a trade is when he's got a, like a hole in his roster. Like, hey, I need a QB to win this week. So, uh, what do you want for you know this third string Bears quarterback? Like, that's the only time. That he's going to exactly out. like him. Yeah, I mean that's the only time he's going to. Re- you need to say, hey, Josh Jacobs is kind of good. He had a good week. Let's let's see what I can go and and trade and maybe get some a good receiver or good whatever. I'm in seventh place, but let's see if I can start to make a run. Let's try to tinker here and there and see if I can make my lineup better. And he just didn't do that. Uh, and and you know you get stuck with that. You get stuck with Matt Ryan. Uh, Kyler Murray at the second half of the season really started to decline after. The first half being like, is this guy going to be MVP? Uh, and and his team started to get injured, and you know it just so happened. I mean, he fought through it. Uh, he did make some trades. He did do it, but it was at the expense of other people. I mean, this is something that other people prodded him, and he decided that this was probably a good thing to do, and he did it. Um, I think that Scott has a championship. He does. His one championship, he had one of the he had a player with the best fantasy season or one of the best fantasy seasons. I actually, I think it is the best fantasy season in the history of fantasy football uh, with Peyton Manning, you know, breaking that record. So, you know, I'm not saying Scott can never win a championship, but if he does, he's going to have to sit here and go week after week. And it doesn't take hours and hours, guys. It's, it's, it's not something that you have to sit here and go, well, today's my two hour, you know, fantasy football studying session. You just got to sit there on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning you know, wake up early, make a pot of coffee and say, how can I make what I see in front of me better? How can I, what can I do to try to win this week and beat the person across from me? Uh, and I, and I just don't think Scott did that very well this year. So, uh, but you know, I do want to say something good. I mean, he did draft well, he didn't make a lot of stupid mistakes. He's still a very formidable opponent. He just was a little apathetic. So what I think you- at the end of the day, what we're saying is it's about filling out holes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's about filling out holes, whether, and you're, you're pushing directly towards the trade side, which is fine, but I'm very big on free agents, I'm very yeah. big on finding diamonds in the rough, you know, and yeah. using those moves. And I know this year we didn't have many. I know a lot of leagues have, uh, you know, using their moves brazenly because they have, uh, an abundance of them and unlimited amount of moves, which is just, uh, you know, pornographic in nature, honestly. It's not something I'd like to be associated with. So it's, uh, it's, I like our controlled chaos. And in this, people sometimes get a bit too fearful and that happens, but you yeah. need to explore the wild, get out there and, 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 you know, fuck some strange and, <laughs> and really, really, really find some free agents, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that, you know, exploring the free agent markets key as well. Just making sure your team's tip top every week, especially going into the playoffs, those last few weeks, especially that time. 
that's like super key. Uh, let's get in these playoff teams. So, eighth place team, Rumham. What do you think? Wow. I mean, Rumham was one of the strongest teams I thought going into the end of the playoffs. I really did. Uh, like, Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz were some of the ugliest quarterbacks to watch play. But just like he said, don't watch them play. Just be happy with the 30 points at the end of the day. <sighs> and sure enough, every week, it, they were just like magic. Like, you would, if you watch them play, you were like, oh my God, I've seen ugly, uh, like better looking turds in my toilet. But if you look at your fantasy score, you'd love it. Yeah. And, you know, even going down the board with Jonathan Taylor and Najee Harris, both of them would get amazing amount of uh, touches every week. Just that week just just didn't work out. And he had a lot of home run hitters on his wide receivers. I, I liked everything he did. I really did. It's just uh, at the end of the day, when it came to the playoff week, it, it didn't work out. And uh, if anything, I would, I would attribute that a little bit to, to his defense, I suppose, maybe, but it's, it's hard to say. I mean, he had some injuries later on. It's not his fault, obviously, but you know, it's, it's tough call because I like to see him going to the playoffs. I really did. Yeah. I mean, so he built his team with like a million second round picks. Uh, he built his team. No, he, he, he built his team on rock and roll. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So, you know, and I, I can agree with that. I can get down with that, but he built his team on all, he didn't have any first round picks and, and in true Trevor style, he said, I'm going to take like six guys in the second or third round and I'm going to kind of spread out from there. And, and what Trevor did well was he saw value in Carson Wentz. I didn't, I thought Carson Wentz was going to be terrible. Carson Wentz finished in like the top 10 quarterbacks. He was pretty good all year. Uh, he saw value in good receivers. Um, he made some good trades. He put himself in position going into the last couple weeks of the season to make a playoff run. Uh, he ran out of moves. Uh, his, his team kind of went flat. I, I don't think he's going to be a Jalen Hurts fan going forward here. Uh, Jalen Hurts had some good matchups going in those last few weeks and just really kind of fell on his face. Um, some of his players, uh, unfortunately, Terry McLaurin had random quarterbacks throwing to him at the end there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he took a chance on Ridley. Ridley didn't play. Took a chance on Waller. Waller didn't play that much. Uh, his defense was in and out. They had some injuries. And he just kind of sputtered there at the end. And it happens. It happened to me yeah. against him. And, uh, yeah, he lost, lost every one of his playoff games and put him in that bad position. But, that's part of it, man. That's it. you, you got to get yourself uh, ready for that, you know, that that playoff run. And I just think that his team just kind of fell apart. And that's just the luck's part of everything. And that's just bad luck. Speaking of bad luck, moving on to the professor. This guy had a <laughs> solid ass motherfucking team. Yeah. Tell you what. This guy with Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Robbie Anderson, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook. He'd fuck you in the face and not even think too, twice about it. But come playoff team time, he got roofied and got fucked in the ass real quick. Yeah. So, and I was hoping to get this later on, but 
you build a team and you look at this team, and you're like, wow, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins this is good. That's a really good combination of I gave him Kirk Cousins. Right. So so that's a pretty good combination of, of players. Tom, uh, but they just both shit the bed on the same week. And you, what are you going to do about that, man? Nothing but do. All you can do is wash sheets, man. Yeah. Just wash. No, fucking throw sheets out. Just get new sheets, man. Just get new fucking sheets. Yeah. But, I mean, he's got Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook. And so you build this team in, like, week let's just say week 12 you build this team you're like this is my team this is what i'm going to do this one i'm going to go with and i'm riding this to the championship and then suddenly and his defense kind of like fell apart around that time as well but he didn't really fix it uh they were great all year though like i was trying to train uh, him for his defense most of the year he had solid linebackers he had double digit linebackers every week at the beginning of the year his his defense kind of sucked but yes, he he made some adjustments. Your defense sucked. My defense was the best defense in the league by far. It's what yeah. I took pride in. But anyway, he built this team, and he said, "This is what I'm gonna ride with." And then that team kind of like started sputtering up until the playoffs. The playoffs come. Dalvin Cook went 2.8 in those three weeks. All right, so uh, Aaron Jones in those last three weeks actually had you know, decently solid 14, 11, 13 in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, uh, 10, 17, 0 in the playoffs. You build a team, you get to the playoffs, and then suddenly in week 15, it's like you're going in there and you're like, wow, this wasn't what I thought the team that I built in week 12 was going to look like because you're like, set in stone like dalvin cooks can be my running back too yeah but on the other this double-edged blade man because on the other side of that i by those standards i should have uh, benched david montgomery like i did but somehow he added a crazy week so it's like it like looking at those you can't always just be like oh look he's sucking every week that's what i did oh he's sucking every week now i'm gonna bench him and it fucked me so right, but instead I'm just of, saying in, instead of Dalvin Cook, if you know somebody would have said if you said, you know, who's a hot player right now? Let me take and improve my defense and put somebody who's gonna be hot for the playoffs. Dalvin Cook is you know, whatever. And a lot of people can't see that. It's not something that just yeah, it's not, is obvious. Just saying, it's nothing to see. It's nothing to see, man. Dalvin Cook's a talented player. He's a talented ass player, and that's what he, he had traded to get him for this reason. Yeah. So he's like, you know, I I traded for you to. I'm I'm at the dance, dance, motherfucker, dance. Right. I know. It's just if you trade for a huge star in week 12, 13, which I think that was around what he did, and you're saying in your mind, like, yeah, you know, my team's perfect, no matter what. I'm going to the playoffs with what I'm going to the championship with what I got here. Uh, there's no room to adjust, and then you're like, ah, fuck. My guys, these guys weren't the same guys in week 12, week 13. It just happens. I think it happened to him, unfortunately. Um, Moving on? Yeah, Notorious. Uh, Thank you. Notorious. Tell me about uh, Danny and what you thought uh, he did well and what you thought he he missed the the ship on. You know, he, he had a pretty solid team. The biggest thing was just that, I mean, this was the year that Lamar Jackson kind of fell off. Um, he did not have as big a year as everybody expected him to, especially Notorious, because if he if he would have had a year like he had in the past couple of years, Notorious would have been quite formidable. 
um, like he was during most of the year when Lamar was playing. But as soon as it, that was over, and then at the same time, Ryan Tannehill started falling off with his turnovers, there really wasn't much that Notorious could do because he had kind of home run or, um, or miss wide receivers. And then he had decent running backs, but it wasn't going to be able to make up for the rest of it. So uh, just another one of those tragic stories to kind of feel like I see like we're, we're seeing a lot of uh, good teams in the regular season that sputter off at the end. And it's, I guess it's kind of one of those things you got to, if you see smoke, there's there must be fire and uh, put it out quick because before you know it, trade deadlines up, playoffs there, and all of a sudden you got a shitty fucking team. And you're done. Yeah, I just, I think uh, Danny's kind of done with Ryan Tannehill. I think Tannehill really fucked him. I think right Tennessee's there. probably done with Tannehill. I mean, maybe, but I mean, you look at these last few weeks up until you know through the fantasy championship. Uh, starting in week 11 when he when they just sucked against Houston, like a team that he should have beat 9, 8, 14, 6, 14, 17. That's the last six weeks. And before that, it was like 2013. The guy just did not play well this year at all. It was just a bad year for Ryan Tannehill. And you saw it in the playoffs too. Uh, and, and it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, could he have done better? Uh, could he have gotten rid of, of, of whoever? Yeah, he probably could have, but you know, did he really want to know? Uh, Tannehill was what he saw as the best uh, QB two that he could have had. Uh, the guy had great receivers. Um, he stuck by the running backs that he had uh, for most of the season, and he, he had a fine defense. I mean, one of the better defenses in the league. Um, he kept it afloat. Uh, he just ran out of moves, ran out of uh, real estate there at the end, and uh, he had a really balanced team. Uh, it, you know, if they came out to play. Uh, unfortunately, fucking, uh, you know, Antonio Brown gave up in the championship. That would have been yeah. that would have been a really shitty way to end it if he gave up on him in the championship. Uh, if he if he would have made it, but it's just one of those seasons, man. I mean, uh, you make you put your faith in cer- certain players like Tannehill, uh, which I think he has in the past multiple times, and you say something like, "Never again, I'm not going to do that," and you know, somebody may get a steal on Ryan Tannehill next year, or he may continue to be the underwhelming quarterback that he was this year. Um, we'll just have to see. But, but yeah, I think that was Danny's downfall was, was Ryan Tannehill and a lack of moves. But I, I, I really think that he balanced his team out well. Uh, earlier on in the season, I thought Danny was like a formidable opponent. I thought he was going to be top three championship style person. And uh, it just didn't turn out for him. I'll let you go ahead and start off on a on Camacho. Chase is going to take this one personal, and like he always does with any time I. I think I take everything personal with fantasy, so I get it. That's yeah, fine. I mean, I guess, but I, he had I criticized him from the very beginning. Uh, you know, it sucks that he criticized him for what? So he traded for that lottery pick, and he, he traded a ton for that lottery pick. And mm-hmm. he didn't get the first or second pick, right? I think he got like the third and fourth, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. But I mean, okay, you can't control that, right? So he had, so he's got Dak and Rogers, but he didn't fill it out well. I, I just don't think he filled it out well, and he didn't really have a chance. So he went and made that trade, and it kind of backfired. Um, throughout the year, there were times where he thought, 
like, for instance, the Kittle trade. That was a great trade. I mean, at the time, it looked like a great trade. Uh, playoffs, 12-3-4. Ugh. Uh, Chubb. He took Chubb. He got Chubb in that trade where, you know, we thought that he was just taking Brad for a ride. I told him at the time, I'm like, hey, the Browns' offense is terrible. You look at Nick Chubb preseason. Uh, yeah, great running back. First, second round running back. Uh, one of the tops in the league. He traded for Chubb. He's like, well, this is my starting running back now. This is my guy. I can't believe you're saying this. You're one of the biggest Chubb fans I've ever heard in the past couple of years. No, you're I'm saying not. it was a bad trade. You, if we go back, run the tape, run the tape. You are the biggest Chubb fan I've ever heard, and you're, t- you're giving him shit. Just because if it's a hindsight 2020 thing. Okay, I'll let you finish, but I got a lot to say. I drafted Chubb. I, I drafted the guy. I know I, you did. You probably had. You probably drafted him every year. You fucking love Trump. I know. No, you I don't. Trump. I don't. I don't like running backs who don't. You don't like him anymore. Because now you're like, oh, yeah, now he's bound. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't like <laughs> I don't like quarterbacks or running backs who do not catch the ball. And I took him in the draft because I thought he would be really good value. And he was. He was really good value. And I immediately right, traded right, him right. away for uh, for Eckler. But anyway, that's besides the point. He got this player and. He thought, like, this is my guy. I got this running back, and I'm going to ride him to a championship. And it turned out that, uh, you know, he sputtered. And he, and I, I hate to say it, but I called it. Uh, he could have had – I mean, he had cord pat. Uh, he had different options there at that running back position. It just didn't really work out. I mean, cord pat's like one of the MVPs of the year uh, at wide receiver running back eligibility, and he played really well throughout the year. I uh, just didn't make it work. Uh, he had a below average defense for most of the year. Um, at the end there, it looked like he made a lot of trades, uh, picked up, um, I mean, he picked Micah Parsons up off the waiver wire. Um, so, I mean, he did really well to like fix his defense, especially going to the playoffs. I think he did really well in that end. Um, but yeah, it's, you gotta fill there, up. I get, I get it. It's nice and easy to look down on everybody up on your fucking stoop over there. But anyways, I thought Camacho did a very good job. He, I mean, obviously Dak Prescott had more injuries than probably should have needed to be have. Aaron Rodgers, he lacks some motivation. He's got a bad motivator. He's like R5. Uh, he took some shots with DJ Moore and Van Jefferson, you know, and Cordell. Cord Pat, Cord Pat was like the Diet Pepsi of Debo Samuel. That, like, Cord Pat was almost like, He's going to be a hot commodity next year. And the fact, like, he almost that right there. Yeah. Uh, but, like, Dak and Aaron Cordpat, if Nick Chubb and Cleveland, when he got Nick Chubb, you're, I agree, you're right, that when he got Chubb, that Cleveland was on downturn and it just kept going down. But it was it was just a bad time for that. And he, but he got Kittle at a good time. I I loved his defense with Parsons and Derwin James and Kyrie Willis and JD McKissick. I liked it. I liked his defense. But at the end of the year, just like I said, another one of those teams that just kind of sputtered off with injuries and all the rest of it. That uh yeah, I think it, it's really about like you can't get complacent. You can't get complacent near near the end. It's yeah. you gotta get cutthroat and make sure that you're pulling every weed like that last those last two weeks you gotta say yeah like fuck everything like all the preconceptions that i've had of of all the uh all these players like who's good now 
Like who's would, would, who's doing well now? I would say like just rub names from the sheet and just look at numbers. Right. Who's who's going to get a lot of volume, volume, volume? Who's going to get all the volume? Give me players who are going to get volume, and uh, uh, and and he didn't do that. I mean, Chubb is going to get volume, but he's that that offense can't uh, move. But uh, but yeah, I mean, him and Cos were on the same boat there, where they built teams that were awesome, and they rode them into uh, playoff obscurity. Uh, let's go, Neil. How about that? Going into some disco lemonade, talking about some amazing teams. I mean, Stafford to Cup. I mean, that was pretty amazing hookup all year, but that was the, the biggest problem. I think what I'm seeing with a trend now is people think that it's completely okay to have an absolutely terrible second quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. Like you, <laughs> you just you can't ride that all year. If anything, you know, you got to fix that at some point. You, you got to fix it at some point because um, that was probably his crux every every week. Like every if there was a week he lost, I bet it was because of Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> you know, so it's like it's just one of those things either that or Adam Kamara's knee. So, well, I, I mean, so I mean, he had ample opportunity not to take Trevor Lawrence. I think I, there was a position where I was like, Jimmy G. Because he got Trevor Lawrence from me, uh, Jimmy G or or, uh, or Trevor Lawrence, and he insisted on getting Trevor Lawrence. I mean, in both of our minds, I mean, we were on kind of the same wave, same wave like there. As the season goes on, and as uh, Urban Meyer starts to get you know used to this team, and things start to open up, and you know uh, things start to fall in place for Trevor Lawrence, maybe he gets more. Uh, playing time with these receivers and and James Robinson and this O line starts to get used to some things and he starts to get some garbage time. He can put up 30 point games, 20, 30 point games. And it's something where it's like, these are what wins championships. You see eight, nine, 10 games in there early on the season. Maybe they turn into 30 point games in the fantasy playoffs and later on in the season. It never happened. The guy stayed at a 10 point clip like all year. Uh, and it was just like awful. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm think, I think second quarterback was really something that, that Neil struggled with this year. And, uh, and you know, it, that's just how it was. His second quarterback this year was, uh, was Jimmy G. Uh, he, he weighed on Trey Lance, just like I did. Uh, he waited, 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 and it and just never came. He had a great team. I mean, Stafford cup is uh the brady to randy moss of of our day right now uh and you know he uh stepped up and 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 won many games i mean he was in the top three for most of the year he just kind of sputtered there at the end and and the big reason was that second quarterback so uh we'll see next year if he comes out and prioritizes having a more balanced quarterback approach or uh or if he comes out, you know, somebody that's going to be near the end of the draft, uh, drafting running backs and receivers. We will have to see. Uh, next up, Darth Scott. Go ahead and tell me why you ended up in third place where you did. Probably never should have traded uh, Kirk Cousins for Ben Roethlisberger straight up. Um, 
that was bad because it was Ben Deontay Johnson for Kirk and Justin Jefferson, I believe. And uh, that right there probably would have been championship. Um, so now that the nostalgia has dead, let's move on to some fucking championships. <laughs> I want to talk about Darth Scott for a second. Um, I think that you were very top heavy. I think your team was built super top heavy. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Ben Roethlisberger, Deontay Johnson, you had Debo. Dave Montgomery, decent running back all year. But the rest of your team, including the defense, just, and, oh, okay, TJ Watt obviously is a, it was a fine player all year. But the rest of your team, you tried to roll through free agents over and over and over. You ne- never made that big move to go and solidify that tight end position because Dawson Knox was doing things every other week that would make you say, oh, you just caught two touchdowns on four catches. So uh, let's, let's keep rolling with him. Your second running back position was constantly James Robinson was sputtering along and Melvin Gordon, you'd fill in there. Uh, your third receiver was always, you know, oh, I guess for a while there was Chris Godwin. That's, you know, something you can't really control. Uh, but you, so you did make a move there, just didn't really work out. Uh, the rest of your defense, Van Noy, Robert Quinn, uh, Razzle Douglas to a certain extent, those are free agent guys uh, that, that can be exchanged on a weekly basis. So, you know, you had Mahomes, Rossberger, the uh, hometown hero for you, kind of cost you in the end. Uh, I think you Benching did a fine David job. Montgomery finally cost me in the end. James Robinson's Achilles heel cost me in the end. Yeah. So, well, you're snuttering your nose at this team. It should have beaten you. Let's move on. That's true. That's true. Okay, we can move on to uh, Rutherford B. Hayes. Tell me what you think of Rutherford B. Hayes. Solid team. Very, very solid team. I mean, he had a lot of guys that just really kind of put the ball up, I guess. It, it, he had he was one of those teams that, like, when I'm telling everybody else that they're not rounding out their team, it's because Rutherford B. Hayes is rounding out his team with everybody because he's yeah. not top-heavy. Like, you're just saying I'm top-heavy? He's not. He's yeah. – he, He's killing it everywhere else with Stefan Diggs and Cooper and Travis Kelsey and uh, Diggs and Wagner and, uh, you know, just Ronald, even like Sony Michelle getting points. And he, he had, he had a very good team, but at the end of the day, he needed a little more top heavy. He needed a little bit more of that star power to finish it off at the end. He made it the championship and it just, uh, yeah, they just need a little that little extra. Mm. Listen, Max had a great team. Okay, you're right. He is balanced all the way through. Uh, yeah. Good running backs. He he like stocked up all these good running backs. Stocked up every quarterback. Had a fine defense. I mean, really stacked that defense full of like really good players. He has an affinity for Derek Carr, like an obsession with Derek Carr. Okay, it's it's the eyeliner. Maybe. It, 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 draws in the dude was like all outscored most weeks by hunter Infro, his own receiver like it tells you like how many mistakes were made by Derek carr he was losing games for him fancy wise and as a second quarterback when you have to choose between justin fields zach wilson and teddy b like that's rough and he did well he, the rest of his team was awesome Rinfro, cooper Diggs, like 
great receiver combo. Uh, running backs, he had a, to choose between Saquon, Sony Michelle. Uh, you have Ronald Jones there at the end. Miles, Miles Sanders filled in. Uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, the best tight end in the league. I mean, solid, solid defense. Holcomb, Wagner, Schobert, great defense. Derek Carr, Zach Wilson, like he had quarterback issues. He had an affinity for Derek Carr, like he was going to come out and score 30 or 40 points in these playoff games. Never did. The guy sputtered like we're talking like week nine on 12, 21, 9, 23, 12, 10, 11, 9, 10, 18. That's not good. Did not clear 25 points since week six. Like is bad. Derek Carr is not good. And he year after year, Max picks him and year after year, he's just not very good. We can disagree on that all we want. It's just that I, Derek Carr cost him the season. Um, we can do Sex Raptor if you want. Do you have anything to say about my team? Surprised at one. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, Mac Jones, Cam Newton, CD Lamb, Amon St. Brown, like was really like easier whole playoffs. Like he was just amazing. Near defense, I mean, you were the epitome of defense wins championships. They yeah. destroyed for you. Uh. It was, you know, it's surprising, but I mean, that, that's what, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's goes to show that, you know, it's all about getting to the playoffs and making sure you have the best, best team when you get there, uh, securing a few extra moves, uh, definitely helps. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it worked. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't argue with it if the formula got you the right answer. I'm, I, I will, uh, continue to say this and we'll be it'll be interesting to see what statistics say but i will say defense is very very important in our league on a uh, week-to-week basis having not just players that can go out and score 20 points but those guys that consistently get eight to nine ten points will win you a week i can't tell you how many times i was in close matchups throughout the week and it was because and I pulled him out or I was just in that position because, you know, I had defensive players scoring 12, 13 points. It's important. They add up, you know, your running backs and quarterbacks and whatever will get you, will win you a lot of weeks. Every single week, defense is important. And I will continue to uh, stress that, that if you have the best quarterbacks and the best running backs and the best receivers and a subpar defense, a team with a subpar defense can beat you any or a team with a better defense or a much better defense can beat you any week. Uh, just so happens. I mean, playmakers, defensive points add up and they just, they do. They so. do. All right. Uh, so go ahead. We've done the analyzation of these teams. Can we call it quits on the, on the 2022 fantasy season or 2021 fantasy season? I think it's over. I think it's officially it, over. It's over. It's over. We're on to Vegas. We're on to next year. Uh, Super Bowls this week, though. That should be fun. Uh, give me your Super Bowl prediction. What do you think is going to happen? Um, you know, I think it all comes down to if Jalen Ramsey is worth his fucking shit. Jalen Ramsey can cover Jamar Chase, then the Rams should win in a blowout. If not, it'll be close. Jamar Chase only, huh? Uh, well, I mean, 
I just, I think that the Rams have the same setup of defensive line like the Titans had, and the Titans got nine sacks on Burrow with Justin Simmons and Bud Dupree. And if Aaron Donald and Von Miller are a step above them, which they should be, then they should not only get more than nine sacks, but they should get a couple fumbles in there too. Uh And if that's the case, then it's a long day for Burrow. And all Ramsey has to do is just – just play coverage, play play press coverage. One thing I haven't seen in a while is actual press coverage. It annoys the fuck out of me. I watch these corners. They go up, and they play, like, right up on them, but they don't jam them. Mm. If you're playing right up on them and you don't jam them, you're just doing yourself a disservice by yeah. stepping up close to them, letting them run by you because you're a fucking pussy. Just fucking jam them. It's, mm. You got five yards to Fuck him in his face. Fuck him. Oh. Go do it. Yeah. What are you waiting for? So, like, it's it's annoying to watch. So, it's like, I mean, because it's like, yeah, Jamar Chase is fast. Then punch him in the face first. Like, it's just one of those things, you know. So, like, I would like to see them play football and not just be like, I'm going to watch him run. And be like, oh, he's fast. Be like, Of course he's fast, you fucking idiot. You're supposed to punch him first. So, <laughs> um. So that would be a nice thing to see. Um, I do believe that Rams should win. I'm rooting for Rams just because, yes, uh, it's nice for the Bengals to get the Super Bowl. No, it's great. But it just Stafford suffered in the dungeons of Detroit for so long. Like, he deserves uh, uh, some time in the sun, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, I'm scared. You know, I put some money down on the Bengals. I thought they were good value earlier on yeah you got the points how many points did you get you always go for points yeah so i don't feel good about the Bengals winning the game uh i is uzuma playing is who cj yes 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 he is and he's also said that he'll uh swim or jump in a big bowl of skyline chili if the Bengals win um yes i i believe he is playing uh, last year, I bet on a team that I thought was better, the Chiefs, who had an abysmal O-line uh, and had Mahomes running all day. and It was tough to watch. And I'm feeling deja vu right now because the Bengals O-line is kind of tough and this Rams, Rams D-line is very good. So I'm scared to bet on Joe Burrow. However, Joe Burrow is a winner. He makes things happen. It's just it's I I can't really pick a side on this. So what I defies gravity. It is. I'm rooting for the Bengals. I just don't know if it can happen. Uh, I'm gonna go with the over. I think the over at 48 and a half is like really good pick. Uh, I think that can is definitely feasible, and uh, we should definitely pay attention to this going forward because uh, I I think that. Stafford is really getting overlooked right now. Everybody's talking about Burrow. Everybody's like, Burrow this, Burrow that. Burrow's on top of the world, uh, and, and rightfully so. It's the second year, and he's in the Super Bowl. Uh, but Stafford is nothing to sneeze at. He's a great quarterback. Uh, he's got three great receivers, just like uh, they have on the other side. So uh, I think I'd take the over in Stafford passing yards. I'll take the over in Stafford touchdowns 
and I'll take the over in points for the game. And uh, that's what I'm rooting for. And I'll probably throw some money on the final score as well as uh, a defensive touchdown being scored. Whatever I the agree with the defensive scored. Uh, I'm I'd bet on uh, Aaron Donald getting a defensive touchdown. Yeah, I don't know if uh, you you can bet on defensive players at least not through my betting website because we live in Texas, unfortunately, and those kind of bets are just not allowed because Texas is lame like that. But um, but yeah, I I it it's going to be an awesome game. I think this is one of the best Super Bowls that we've ever had. Uh, two powerhouses that people didn't really expect to be here. They are here, and it's going to be really fun to watch. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you want to talk about what the future holds for this podcast and you know what our relationship through this podcast. Uh, tell me what you think. What, what did we do right this year? What did we do wrong? You know, we missed a few weeks here and there. We did. Uh, you know, obviously just from life and this and that, you know, probably – need to fill that in but you know like i said life happens i, I don't know I, I just i feel like sometimes we could expand our our horizons a little bit while i love our league i feel like we have uh, a lot of uh opinions that we could force onto other people's leagues as well you know <laughs> and i feel like that that would be very entertaining um not just for me but for you as well right so uh in it's very hard for me to find fantasy podcasts or other information that I find relevant, honestly, that I haven't already come across myself in my own research for our league or our podcast or something. And I'm just like, really? Like you're just coming across this player. Wow. You're just, just absolute buffoon. Aren't you? Yeah. You're getting paid for this. Wow. You're really just the scum of the earth aren't you <laughs> but you know that that's me downgrading my uh hatred and i know i should i would have to really clean up some of my dank but uh i could do that you know that's fine you know i'm not trying to offend people i'm just trying to tell them the truth and if that offends them then fuck them mm-hmm. but it's at the end of the day i just feel like you know we have uh lots of fantasy focus to put on a larger horizon. That's all. Yeah. And, and I agree. I think that we did do um, some good things uh, on our, on our end. Uh, you know, we, we, you know, did our thing. We talked about our league. We tried to expand to two uh, shows a week, which didn't really work out. We're very busy people. That's like, tough. And that's the tough. thing. Yeah. It's tough to do two shows a week, let alone one show a week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's really tough. And, uh, and, you know, we, we did our best. Um, obviously, we were criticized for not being able to uh, sometimes make the two show a week. Um, you know, it, it just life gets in the way. Life happens. Um, but uh, you know, hopefully, uh, we can get together in the off season once a week. I'd like to get together on Tuesdays or Thursdays, and uh, we can talk about different subjects. And then uh, when football season comes around, we can we can give our listeners the best product that they, that, that we can give them. Um, because I think that, you know, if we're trying to fit in, force in some, some content during the week that, uh, that we can't exactly fit in, then sometimes, uh, we, we give kind of a weakened product. So 
hopefully we can do that for y'all. Hopefully uh, you'll listen in and uh, we can, you know, have a great 2022. But I really, really enjoyed, uh, you know, doing this with you for this season. And I think we got a lot out of it and uh, we should definitely keep this going in 2022. Yeah, I agree. It's been a good season. All right. Anything else you got for before we uh, sign off on this fantasy season and head into the Super Bowl? Much is just looking forward to the NFL draft and getting ready for the fantasy draft and uh, looking forward to the Super Bowl this weekend. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I want to say thank you guys for a great year. I know uh, there's a lot of fighting, a lot of arguing, a lot of bickering, a lot of, uh, you know, back and forth. We're all very passionate. And that's why I love this league is that we're all very passionate. We are all uh, in to it and you know there's been years where i've been heartbroken at the end of the year and all you have to do is say next year i'm going to do much better and uh and i'm sure the chips are you know stacked against me for next year but it's not gonna stop me from trying to go for another championship so uh again thanks again guys i hope to see you guys in vegas i hope that you will listen to us in the off season and uh i look forward to uh to having another fancy season with some of my best friends. Thank you guys. We will see you guys next week. Same time, same place.